Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Scientists have found no evidence that this caused health effects. We've got that story, plus revenge of the cyberspace war. But first, fortunately, this week in pushback, actually covered this story this past Monday on my morning show, and I would be the first to say I am surprised. First case against mandatory vaccination filed right here in New Mexico. So is it those kids that were knocking down the monuments last summer? Nope. Is it the hospitality field, restaurants, bars, hotels, completely destroyed by the scamdemic lockdowns and not COVID? Nope. A detention center officer in New Mexico filed a lawsuit over a workplace requirement to receive the coronavirus vaccine. That would be the first lawsuit against mandatory COVID-19 vaccination in America. The detention center officer, Isaac Legareta, sued a county manager and his supervisor, as reported by Bloomberg Law. The officer's attorney, Anna Garner, said he was told he would be fired for refusing inoculation. The complaint claims the county manager and supervisor violated his rights by making the vaccine a condition of employment for first responders unless reasonable accommodation has been approved. You can't be forced to be a human guinea pig when a product is experimental. Garner, an attorney for the nonprofit New Mexico, stands up, told Bloomberg, we have the right to bodily integrity. The county attorney has disputed the allegations and argued that the CDC and the EEOC, that's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the no, both of those, said employers can mandate vaccinations. The attorney also argues that Legareta hasn't claimed to have a qualifying condition preventing him from getting the vaccination. The Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, and the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 would allow for employee vaccination exemptions under certain health and religious reasons. The EEOC back in March 2020 said an employer covered by the ADA and Title VII can't compel all of its employees to take a vaccine. Otherwise, employers are likely on firm legal ground to mandate vaccinations. This week in pushback, James. Yay. I mean, at least the pushback is happening. And uh, again, let's all hold our breath and wait for the justice system to uh, deliver justice. Ha ha ha. But at any rate, the pushback is happening. And I will note that uh, apparently Spiro has uh, an an interview up with the attorney in question here, Anna Garner. So uh, I haven't watched it yet myself because I've been dealing with some other fun shenanigans behind the scenes here this week. Um, But uh, yes, I will put that in the show notes so that people can check it out. I've just started watching it and uh, it looks informative. Um, But I'm interested in your take on this, James. Uh, As you say, you're surprised to see this happening right there in your own backyard in New Mexico. Uh, Why so? I I guess I'm surprised at just... Again, we've we've I've only been living here for three years, just just under three years by a couple of weeks. I was surprised the way that the lockdowns and everything rolled out over the last year, because early on, it kind of seemed like, oh, sweet. Nobody's really going to go for this. We're in kind of a small town, small state kind of, you know, small potatoes kind of area. And it didn't really seem like a lot of the stuff was going to kick in. What I realized is that maybe places like this are kind of behind the curve. 
So they made sure to catch up, and they did so with a vengeance over the last several months here in New Mexico, just the amazing kind of lockdowns and over and over and over. And I believe I probably talked about it right here on New World Next Week, where, of course, our own governor broke her own lockdown rules so she could buy jewelry from a store. Meanwhile, other places are, of course, destroyed. So that's now the thing I'm looking around at Texas and Mississippi and Wyoming and all these states and their governors are throwing out their you know, never was really constitutional in the first place, mask mandates. Like, oh, sweet, yeah, things are opening up in America. Oh, wait, I'm going to have to wait six more months here in New Mexico because that's about as slow as we are. But again, I will take any kind of pushback good news in the scamdemic as as possible. And that's been kind of the funny thing over these last few years. Again, I kind of feel like Trump was essentially, have I made this analogy, Trump was like the first plane hitting the tower and it got everybody's attention and they were all mesmerized. And then COVID was the second plane and it destroyed what was left of just kind of any critical thinking left in anybody. I'll still take it. But, you know, we sort of joke that things have been turned upside down. Oh, it's funny. You know, the 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 left is now, you know, cheering NASCAR and the right has got the, the Harry Potter lady. So, yeah, America's uh, breakdown is, is the divorce has been real weird. <laughs> it's not just America, but, yeah, it's definitely playing out there. And uh, as you say, um, pushback is good and it needs to happen regardless of what actually plays out in the court system. At any rate, the pushback is happening and people need to support this pushback. Um, again, I, I think this is going to play out differently in different places. And it's interesting. I'm going to be keeping my eye out there in New Mexico. At least we have some eyes on the ground there to keep us updated on it. Absolutely. In other pushback news, uh, actually, James, I even got something from someone else ta talking about Canada. But a doctor listener a couple days ago sent me this from Liberty Coalition Canada. It's called Canadian Doctors Speaking Out. Their goal is to halt the misuse of power by politicized public health experts currently being conveyed through damaging COVID-19 public health policies that are destroying Canadian society and the health of Canadians. There is a video with it as well. We have, will, of course, include the links to all of those things in our show notes. James, I do sometimes wonder, getting one Canadian email, then another email about Canadian news, I sometimes wonder if people think the Jameses are the same person. <laughs> I confuse us all the time. <laughs> I know. We're like, yeah, again, we're separated at birth here. I, I think... You know, this what we're in our 12th calendar year of making New World next week. If we haven't said this very specifically, maybe we said it in our video where we got to hang out in Japan. It's a perfect setup. I was literally the class clown and you're literally a school teacher. So you put us together and we can make New World next week for 12 years and running. Our second story this week on New World next week, episode 440. U.S. preparing cyber attack against Russia over solar winds hack. And we take this from antiwar.com. But according to a report from the New York Times, the Biden administration is planning cyber attacks against Russia in the coming weeks. The cyber offensive could come with new sanctions and would mark a serious escalation towards Moscow from the new administration. Anonymous U.S. officials told the New York Times that the first major move is expected to happen sometime over the next three weeks. It will consist of a, quote, series of clandestine actions across networks that are intended to be evident 
to President Vladimir V. Putin and his intelligence services and military, but not to the wider world. It's clandestine. The wider world won't know anything about it. It seems like places like the New York Times and the Washington Post, again, are giant intel launderers. They're basically cutouts for the intelligence agency to float their messages out. The officials said the cyber attack will come along with new economic sanctions on Russia. The planned cyber attack is being framed as retaliation. Get you back better, I think is the Biden slogan. For the hack for the software firm Solar Winds that affected several U.S. government agencies. The Solar Winds hack, if you didn't know, was discovered late last year, immediately blamed on Russia by members of Congress and Western media outlets, despite a lack of evidence that showed any of that. The U.S. formally attributed blame to Russia for the Solar Winds hack just two months ago, back in January. So then the FBI. NSA, CISA, and the DNI released a statement that said the hack was, quote, likely Russian in origin. Missing from the statement was any evidence for the accusation. It gets even better. The Times story that reported the Biden administration's plans also mentioned another recently discovered hack of Microsoft email servers that's being blamed on another U.S. adversary, of course, China. The hack apparently affected servers used by small businesses, local governments, and military contractors. So far, it's just Microsoft Tiny Lip making the claim that China was responsible for the cyber attack and the U.S. has yet to attribute blame. But according to the Times, the Biden administration is already mulling the options to go after China for the Microsoft intrusion. Just the, just the cherry on top, the icing on the gravy. According to the Times, in August 2018, President Trump signed a secret document giving U.S. Cyber Command more authorization to go on the offensive in the cyber realm. These Trump authorizations are reportedly under review by the Biden administration. Obama builds the cages. Trump uses them. Trump wrote the code for the cyber war. Biden will upload it. Hey, maybe hopefully these upcoming cyber attacks will be as wildly reckless and dangerous to civilians as Obama and Israel's Stuxnet op. Hey, we can only hope. Right, James? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So the latest update to that Microsoft um, flaw is uh, at least 10 hacking groups using Microsoft uh, software flaw, according to researchers. And they're talking about Apparently, at least 10 different hacking groups have access to this exploit that they're using to do th such things as hack into the Norwegian government's communications and uh, ger various German federal authorities, etc. So uh, this is blowing up um, as uh, the solar winds has blown up and is now, of course, coming to fruition in this declaration. Hey, guys, we're secretly going to attack you in the coming weeks. Don't tell anyone. Let's put it on the front page of New York Times. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. So obviously there is several layers of op, psyop going on here. And you have to wonder, look, a credit to anti-war for the, the write-up. They, they go through it and they, they, they explain it in a great degree of detail about the stupidity of attributing the solar winds hack to Russia when the super secret password for their update of, uh, server was um, SolarWinds123, and that was actually posted to GitHub for two years before they, they, they changed the password. So it, it literally could have been anyone. Literally, the only thing that has ever been forwarded so far 
um, from these intelligence agencies or from anyone to suggest why it is Russia that is responsible for the solar winds hack is that the sophistication of this attack. Yeah, the sophistication of getting a password that was on GitHub and using that. Yeah, who could have done that? Only the Russians would be that clever, right? I mean, it's just, it's total nonsense. But then it really does make you wonder, well then, okay, so what is this really about? Why are they announcing this? And then what is what is the role of anti-war or, or in us in perpetuating this by saying, you know, the, by basically repeating all the propaganda? And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, stop me if you've heard this before. It reminds me of a book. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called 1984. <laughs> I, sorry, I try to resist the urge, but I can't. It always comes back to this. This is Eurasia, East Asia, Oceania, and all we know is the bombs are dropping every couple of days and the, the sirens go off and some bombs drop and some people die. And they say it was Eurasia. It was Eurasia. It was Eurasia. It was Eurasia. And then one day you wake up and it's like, no, it's East Asia. We've always been at war with East Asia. What are you talking about, Eurasia? Look at the newspaper. Look at the old newspapers. They all say East Asia. What are you talking about? And in reality, people like the outer party members like Winston Smith walking around thinking, well, I, I don't even know. I don't. It might be our own government. Maybe there aren't three governments. Maybe it's actually just one power structure that rules the whole world. I don't know. And that's kind of where we're at. Like, okay, when it comes to these cybersecurity operations and these secret warfare things and these big security hacks and exploits and, oh, look, this is being hacked over here and this is being done over there. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's something going on, but who? And are these governments actually at war with each other, or are they just at war with us? And they're the convenient boogeyman that they point at. So the Americans can point at the Russians and the Chinese, and the Russians can point at the Americans, and everyone can point at someone else and say, look, it's that, that's what's happening. And how will we ever know from our level? We don't have access to the server logs. So... This is, I mean, this is the perfect instantiation of a total nightmare future where, it, look, the, the bottom line is they're at war with us. We are the targets of all of this. And all of this drama that's playing out between governments and stuff is just to get you invested in their system so that, oh, it's the Russians, it's the Chinese, it's, it's the boogeyman. Yay, you know, uh, it makes us feel good. And that's, uh, that's the system in a nutshell. So I don't know, you know, again, what the, pro the, 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 the point of propagating stories like this are, other than to say, guess what, guys? There's going to be massive digital disruptions in the near future, which is even more important now that everything is digital, and it's going to be a spectacular 9-11-like event. And you better believe it's going to result in bigger clampdowns online. Surprise, surprise. You know, we were actually speculating in my chat earlier because there was that video that made the rounds. It was like the kids video. What would happen if Bill Gates disappeared? And it kind of struck me today. It was like maybe they're seeding the narrative right there that Bill Gates might get martyred for all the amazing work that he's been doing. And I bet you know who'll do it. One of those crazy Q people. They'll kill him with GameStop Bitcoin or some plant based buzzwords and bullcrap uh, yeah and they didn't even use like the at symbol for the a in password one two three let's you guys come on uh, finally on this 440th yeah this those are good password practices you guys finally on this 440th episode of new world next week good news everyone un finds no adverse health effects from fukushima 
Japan's 2011 Fukushima nuclear disaster has not harmed the health of local residents 10 years on, according to a report published just yesterday, Tuesday, by UN researchers. Since the last report in 2013, quote, no adverse health effects among Fukushima residents have been documented. And that's basically the headline. But guess what words come after that? You know, when the headline stops, no adverse health effects among Fukushima residents have been documented. That could be directly attributed to radiation exposure from the accident. Eh, you can't blame it on them. That's what was said by Jillian Hirth, chairwoman of the UN's Scientific Committee on the Effects of Atomic Radiation, UNSCEAR. In a statement, the UN said the latest report had firmed up that 2013 research on the effects of radiation from the accident. UNSCEAR said that a sharply higher rate of thyroid cancers detected among children exposed to the radiation was likely due to just better diagnostics and testing. The UN's nuclear watchdog, of course, the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, also said there was no evidence that the disaster had any detrimental effects on people's health. Though the ensuing damage caused nucleides to be released into the environment, scientists have found no evidence that this caused radiation-induced health effects, so said the head of the Vienna-based IAEA, Rafael Grossi, in a statement. However, an important lesson of Fukushima is that regulators must be strong, independent, and adequately resourced. If you don't recall, a magnitude 9.0 earthquake and tsunami triggered the Fukushima disaster, which released large amounts of radiation into the air, earth, and water around the nuclear power plant 220 kilometers, that's 137 American miles, northeast of Tokyo. Around 100,000 people had to flee their homes, 19,000 killed immediately in the disaster. Fukushima, they say, was the worst nuclear accident since the 1986 Chernobyl disaster in Ukraine, where larger numbers of thyroid cancers were also detected. In other news, the air is safe to breathe at ground zero. I, it's easy. I can find a way to work that, that quote from the head of the EPA into all these episodes in the COVID era. James, this was all pretty much happening like a decade ago right now, and I really wonder what your thoughts and hopes and fears are on all of this 10 years later. Yeah, well, you point out the exact right point of where they choose to end that headline, because as even as even the Wikipedia page on Fukushima-related uh, injuries and casualties notes, yeah, there is no... It's indistinguishable between cancers caused by this particular incident and other cancers. So you'll never know. So that's exactly right. Yeah, well, you can't attribute it to it. So I guess none have happened, right? Mm, and that's not logical. But that's of course, that's the way they're going to frame it. And so if all you were doing was following the sort of the, the mainstream headlines as they pop up every several years at this point, then it, I guess it sounds like, a, oh, yeah, that kind of thing happened. And it was a scary thing, but it turned out OK. And I guess we'll just learn our lessons and move forward. So, for example, you can go all the way back to April of 2011, where you had the first deaths on on site. And so people are thinking, oh, wow, you know, it's already starting. The workers there at Fukushima are dropping like flies. And then you read into that story about those plant, uh, the plant owner confirms first deaths as workers uh, failed to contain leak. And it gets a bit murky. Well, actually, they were, they were two workers, but they sustained multiple injuries and died due to blood loss. So it was clearly not 
radiation. It must have... Okay, so I guess that was okay. And then you fast forward to February 2012, and you have 573 deaths related to nuclear crisis. Well, there you go. 573 deaths... But then you read into the story and it's a disaster-related death certificate is issued when a death is not directly caused by a tragedy, but by fatigue or the aggravation of a chronic disease due to the disaster. So, oh, okay, so I guess people are just dying from stress, essentially. All right. Um, or you, you fast forward several years, you get number of children at time of Fukushima disaster diagnosed with thyroid cancer hits 160. So there you go, 160 thyroid cancer uh, that have been screened and found in the Fukushima region. But, but well, actually, is that so much higher than what we would find if we were doing a comprehensive screening? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe a little bit. But I don't know if we can attribute that necessarily. And then, actually, by March of this year, hey, we have the great news. TEPCO completes nuclear fuel removal from Fukushima number three unit. So there you go. It's, it's all done. And wouldn't you know it, well... Number three is all done, but don't think about the other ones, right? And don't think what the, don't think about anything else about what this means or the the reactor cores that literally still they don't know exactly where they are and how you know the the situation. They have done nothing to contain the the cores themselves. Uh, don't think about that. No, they they cleaned up the the fuel the, the spent fuel pool. So there you go. That's good enough, and that makes a good headline. Uh, and just in time for. The Olympics, the 2020 Olympics that they're holding in 2021. And wouldn't you know it, just uh, later this month, the uh, Olympic torch is going to uh, run through the J Village, which is 12 miles south of Fukushima. And they're going to spend three days running the torch around the Fukushima evacuation zones. Yay! You know, it's a symbol of how Japan has relit the torch, I guess, figuratively and symbolically. So there you go. Everything's all peachy keen if you're just following that narrative, right? Oh, but there's there's little little things that pop up here and there if you're actually looking for them. Like December of last year, radiation levels at Fukushima, far worse than was thought. And uh, this from the Asahi Shimbun talking about, oh, it actually turns out, yeah, it's actually even worse than we thought it was. But uh, as I've been saying for years and years, they're going to, maybe that kind of thing will pop up here and there, but they're going to mostly brush that to the side at least until the Olympics is over. And then maybe after the Olympics, you'll start to get some stories. Well, actually, it's a lot more serious. Actually, you know, maybe. So uh, that's still my prediction. I think after this Olympic nonsense is over, we might start to get some stories about what's really going on there. Until then, I wouldn't expect, well, I'm still not expecting anything whatsoever of substance to come from TEPCO or the Japanese government. Um, If there's anything that this has accomplished, I guess... Uh, You could look at 10 years after Fukushima disaster, Japan's nuclear industry stalled, noting that, yes, in the wake of Fukushima, every single nuclear reactor in the country was shut down. And in the intervening 10 years, only nine of the 54 reactors that were active in March 2011 have been restarted. And a couple dozen of them, I think, are set for decommissioning. So um, there is a change that is happening right now. And uh, as they note in this article, the uh, Japanese public obviously is uh, not particularly super keen to get on board back on board with the uh, nuclear powertrain so um, that has happened over the course of the past decade but what else has happened uh, as I say we're not we're not gonna find out from these sort of mainstream news stories and happy clappy hey no directly attributable cancers or deaths so I guess it's all okay guys uh, total nonsense um, having said that from my perspective here in Japan watching the news I can tell you that the the main focus of all the 10th anniversary stuff is the tsunami. 
um, you know, that was the big event that killed 20,000 people in a, in a, a, all at once, you know, that, that was the big thing. And Fukushima is kind of like, oh yeah, and there's Fukushima going on as well. But that's kind of almost an afterthought for a lot of this 10th anniversary coverage. Well, and again, it, I'm, I'm reminded of 9-11. We'll never know how all these people got the cancer that they've gotten. And that's what they've said. That's what they said years ago about Ground Zero, James. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, I'm just totally agreeing with you. And, and uh, you know, one can imagine the headlines a few years from now. Uh, well, there's all these uh, cancers coming up and people who have been vaccinated. Um, who knows? Well, it could have been anything. You just, well, we never, we just can't say. I've actually got a couple of other, and you already mentioned the Olympics. I want to kind of ask something else about it in a second. But some other related bits to Fukushima Plus 10. Can you explain this? kind of weird documentary to me, James. We were kind of including it in some of our preliminary links for this episode. The Phone of the Wind Whispers to Lost Families. It's some kind of documentary about some sort of phone near, I guess, the the, the bad zones that people call their deceased loved ones. James, help me out. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. Uh, this was from Brock West. He sent it over. So I, I watched a couple minutes of it, but I didn't see the whole story. If people are interested, they can go and watch it and let us know. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's one of those things that, again, it's it's meant to 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 bring hope and happiness and closure to all kinds of Some people. Some kind of closure, I, yeah. Sounds like a Yoko Ono art project, actually. <laughs> it it just yeah it seems like a weird kind of cult ritual as i guess so many things seem like a weird cult ritual anymore the last bit of related news james you already kind of mentioned it there it was news to me japan to stage tokyo olympics without overseas spectators and this story from japan today it was just a few hours ago james thoughts on that one I, I don't understand what they're even trying to do. I guess, I mean, anything, anything to salvage this Olympic atrocity. Um, but uh, just let this be a warning. If you are, if Olympics is coming to your country in the future, take that as a big warning and an, oh God, no. Oh, please no. Do anything you can to sabotage your country's Olympic big bid so that it doesn't come to your country because I, I don't think it's going to work out too well for you. It, well, and it never does, whether it's the Olympics or even... I mean, even at times the Super Bowl and things like that. If you're a giant gangster bankster, you'll have a fantastic time. But if you're a regular person or, God forbid, you know, homeless, they'll just sweep you off the street, put you away. I think for me, James, the one main thing about having the 2020 Tokyo Olympics in 2021 completely ruins all the weird synchromistic connections to Akira. And those are the sorts of media things we talk about in the media monarchy one of my patented transitions to the end of this episode james i believe it's what you were referencing there earlier in the episode looks like patreon are totally going for it t lab has been toast it looks like they're going for whitney webb and it looks like they've gone for you your account is under review oh no it's actually been suspended now so uh yeah i'll be making the formal announcement tomorrow but yes no no my patreons are no more patreons well, and they basically do like Twitter sort of does. They make you do their dirty work for them. Yep. No, if you just delete and censor yourself, you'll be okay. At least YouTube is like, you're gone. So 
really, I mean, there has been so much mail to the post office box. I have to apologize again. I'm, I'm behind on processing it. But we have got my American post office box address listed in the show notes always now for these episodes for folks that want to support either of us without using digital money. And James, it looks more and more and more like that's the uh, direction we're going to be heading. But of course, subscribe star, have you been able to set that up? I know there might be difficulties I'm, with you. I'm, I'm talking to them right now. They want me to submit a form for the IRS, which I'm not going to submit. So if that is a necessary way to do this, then subscribe star isn't going to work for me. Well, what does the IRS have to do with you in Japan anyway? Yeah, good question. I'm assuming it's because I, I assume subs- I, I guess Subscribestar is in the U.S., so it counts as U.S. income that they're sending to Japan, blah, blah, blah. This is all the fun of international money games that the banksters like to play, huh? That's it. And again, we've got any number of ways you can support our work. We've been doing this each for quite a long time. I'd like to think that the proof is in the pudding, James, with the work of both of the, both of us. And again, I am humbled and blessed to be able to do the show with you, buddy, day, you know, week in, week out for, like I said, 12 years. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Let's keep doing it as long as we can keep doing it. Thanks to the support of people out there. Absolutely. Take care, buddy.